Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you are stepping away from the radio for any reason, you don't have to miss out on the conversation we'll have here on Detroit Today. All you got to do is go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you, and you can listen Whenever you are ready. A little later in the show, we are going to talk with Evan McMullen, a former CIA operations officer, independent candidate for president in 2016. We're going to talk to him about the upheaval at the FBI. He has had a lot to say on social media lately about how the president relates to uh, the criminal justice infrastructure in this country, uh, very critical of the things that the president has said and critical of the things that have happened. We'll have a really interesting conversation about what he thinks is going on. Uh, a little later in the show, we'll also talk with Mark Crewman, who is the director for the Center for the Study of Citizenship and a history professor here at Wayne State University. We'll talk about the history of presidential speech. Think of the speeches that presidents have given that stand out in your mind. Think of the ones that don't. We're going to have Mark put those in context given the State of the Union that Donald Trump is going to give tonight. And that is where we begin the conversation. He, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is going to deliver his first State of the Union speech tonight before a joint session of Congress. The president is expected to discuss his plans for infrastructure and immigration. He will probably also take a victory lap of sorts uh, with a surging stock market and the tax overhaul that passed near the end of last year. But Trump takes the rostrum at a strange moment in national political lore. He's the subject of a special investigation within the Department of Justice, and his divisive rhetoric consistently sets the nation on edge and has at times derailed his efforts to actually get things done. So what do we expect to hear from Donald Trump when he walks into Congress uh, tonight and and delivers that speech? Here to help us talk about that is Libby Casey. She's an on-air reporter and anchor covering politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Libby, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. And if you want to join the conversation, tell us what you expect to hear from the president. What do you think he will discuss tonight? Uh, what would you like to hear from the president? What kind of tone would you like to hear him strike uh, in this first State of the Union speech? What do you want him not to say? What do you want him to avoid? One of the things that I think we've all come to think a lot about with this president, the things that uh, we'd rather he refrained from saying. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones, as always. It's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Libby, let's start with uh, your anticipation of this speech. What What is it that the president is likely to talk about or spend significant time, I guess, talking about tonight? 
You bring up an important distinction, tone versus the content of what he's going to say. What is he going to call for? What is he going to take a victory lap on or claim credit for? And the theme the White House is telling us to expect is building a safe, strong and proud America. Those are all a lot of positive words, right? That's not American <laughs> carnage, which is what we heard from his inaugural speech. Right. So I think we'll hear something similar to what we heard last year when the president made his first address to a joint session of Congress, not an official State of the Union, but this same moment of pomp and circumstance. We expect him to stick to the teleprompter. We expect him to uh, to bring a message of bipartisanship and talk about things that Democrats, for example, could get on board with, like infrastructure, mm-hmm. something Republicans are not as interested in. Um, but we also expect him to lay out his immigration plan. And it, it may have this positive tone. The real question a lot of people here in Washington, and I'm sure everywhere are asking is, what happens tomorrow morning? Does the president blow all this capital with a tweet um, that, that has a very different <laughs> tone? What do we see him do for follow through? And unlike past years, we don't expect him to go on the road. And you know, we certainly saw President Obama, President Bush do that. It's very standard for mm-hmm. the presidents to then try to ride this wave of momentum, take the message to the people, visit a factory, you know, go talk to people who've benefited from the tax cuts or believe they will. Um, and and the president doesn't seem as interested in that. Now, they could change their mind and go out, you know, last minute. But uh, we're not expecting that sort of follow through. And yeah. as I talked to some Republican operatives, they see that as a real missed opportunity. So so one of the things that, that I think has, has really foiled uh, the momentum that the president may be built up with the tax overhaul is this standoff over the budget and the, the the role that immigration is playing in that in that standoff he seems unable to to get past a certain point he's been his own worst enemy in some ways in that in that regard some of the things that he said and done i think have have uh, ruined some of the chances that he had to 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 get a big deal what do we think you mentioned that you expect him to talk about immigration tonight. At this point, what do we think the president wants to do, and what is the deal that he thinks is is possible? I, I, I for one, right. am sort of lost on that at this point. You can't tell. How, how you can't tell? <laughs> yeah, there's the tweets. There's the the White House meetings. Uh, there's the conversations he has with Republicans. It does seem like the president has the perspective or reflects like the last person he talked to, right? Which is why people like Chuck Schumer are willing to go to the White House, have those conversations, because they do see an opportunity for inroads. And I was talking to Donna Brazil yesterday, Democratic strategist, of Mm -hmm. course, former head of the Democratic National Committee. And she pointed out that the president got a bit of a bump when he was talking to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, the, the Democratic leaders. You know, as my friends Chuck and Nancy Americans liked that he was sort of blowing up the political process and the lanes, having these conversations, making offers for deals. But he lost all that capital as soon as we, you know, got word out of this meeting that he was using incredibly offensive language to talk about African nations and places like Haiti. And and that has left a really bad taste in so many people's mouths. And we're going to see a handful of members of the Congressional Black Caucus, for example, boycott tonight's speech Mm -hmm. um, because they're so upset by that. So the president is changing his tune a lot on these issues. 
tonight, expecting to talk about immigration, the White House does have a starting position for bargaining. Um, but a lot of people, both Democrats and Republicans, think it's way too broad. Yeah. You know, they're they're like, we're willing to talk about dreamers. We're willing to talk about the wall. But we're not willing to totally overhaul the immigration system for something that there's a pretty tight timeline on. Because we're looking at a couple weeks, not, not even, February 8th. It's <laughs> happening so fast for the next budget showdown. Right. And then in March is this deadline that the White House has created over the dreamers. And, and the, the, the the momentum, the fits and starts are the things that I think uh, lead to the confusion, right? Uh, he, he gets close to a deal, then he backs away, or he gets close to something, he says something inappropriate. Uh, and, and I guess I'm wondering if this moment tonight in front of a joint session of Congress uh, you know, does it call him to a, a sort of higher-minded response than we have seen so far? Is this the chance for him? Mm, that's a great to question, bring everyone together? right? And and does it come at a at a really crucial moment in this bargaining process? Mm-hmm. And I think we'll have to see how much it sticks, right? How much does that mantle? of being president. There's so many powerful optics of tonight, you know, walking through mm-hmm. uh, the the House gallery, the Supreme Court members are there, your cabinet, you're getting applause from your party. And then you know, the White House has, has named a number of guests as is standard. And the guests, as Democrats have said to me, are some real American heroes. Right. Um, you know, there's a double amputee who's blind, who who was injured uh, in his work in the Marines. And he, he's the first to reenlist in the Marines with, with those disabilities. And we're also seeing, you know, the guy who founded the Cajun Navy. This is this group that was incredibly responsive to the floods down south, mm-hmm. um, you know, this past year. He's going to be there. So it's a chance for the president to to put on the coat, you know, of <laughs> of what it means to feel like and be like the president. And we've seen him do it before. You know, he can he can grow into that role. Think of him as the, the entertainer. He can play that role of president. The question is, does he keep that feeling and I think you make a really great point. Can he keep that feeling and will he actually act on that? Or will he start tweeting about Jay-Z tomorrow morning? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, will he blow this up by just, you know, talking about stuff that is really a distraction? And then there's the question of, you know, does his base want to see him act super presidential or do they want to do they like it when he shakes things up? But yeah. in order to be successful, he's going to have to appeal to a broader swath of Americans. And my big question is what happens next week? You know, who does he meet with on Thursday? Who does he talk to on Friday? And that is going to matter a lot more than this one speech because the State of the Union doesn't seem quite as relevant now because there's so many modes of communication the White House has. We hear from this president and, all you know, the time, right? I mean, we're, we're we do. used to exactly. hearing from him almost on a daily basis. Uh, when when that was not the, the, the truth, you waited, you waited for the State of the Union to really see what the president Thanks. I guess no one is really hanging out waiting for to see that uh, with Donald Trump right now. Uh, This is Detroit. The optics can be powerful. Yes. No. That's right. That's right. It is. It is a great stage from which to to do something important. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Libby Casey. She is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. We are talking about Donald Trump's first State of the Union speech scheduled for tonight. What will he say? What will he not say? What kind of tone will he strike uh, in the House chamber uh, before a joint session of Congress? And will it lead 
to more successful governance. Think of the things that this president has had frustration trying to get done in his first year in office. Is this speech uh, an opportunity for him to rally the country and members of Congress uh, to his side to get some of those things going? Immigration, infrastructure, still uh, he is talking about an overhaul of the Affordable Care Act, one of the things that failed last year. If you want to join the conversation, tell us what you think uh, you are expecting from Donald Trump tonight when he gives the State of the Union speech. Uh, What are you waiting to hear from him? Uh, What are you waiting maybe not to hear from him? What are you hoping he doesn't say when he's at the the podium? Uh, Also, does this speech still matter uh, in an era when the president is on Twitter almost every day talking about the things that he thinks? Uh, Are we are we waiting around to hear what he thinks uh, during the State of the Union, or has he made it a little bit obsolete? Uh, As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter. And hashtag Detroit Today will work you into the conversation. Glenn in Detroit, you're up first on Detroit Today. No, thank you for taking my call. I think what you guys have been saying makes a lot of sense the way I see things. But I think the most interesting thing tonight is going to be who stands up and claps to what he says, how the Congress responds. Will it be the Democrats? When will they stand? Will it be the Republicans? When will they stand? Maybe both groups will stand together. That's what I'm looking for. Huh. That, Glenn, that's a really interesting that's a really interesting point. Uh, Libby, I mean, I've been there in in the House chamber for State of the Union before, uh, and I've seen uh, you know, I've seen some pretty hostile some pretty hostile yeah. opposition in that chamber. Uh, uh, I was not there actually when uh, when a representative stood up and shouted at President Obama uh, about about lying. But I have been there when people sit on their hands uh, and and try to make a, a statement about protesting uh, the person who is speaking. I'm really thinking that we will see a little more of that tonight from Democrats. That they will be more restrained. But uh, I'm curious. What your read of it is. Yeah, and I'd love to know if, what Glenn wants to see. Does he want to see Democrats support the president? <laughs> does he, he does. want to see them use this moment to <laughs> protest and say no? You know, yeah. uh, it, it really depends what the president talks about. And if he uh, brings up infrastructure, Democrats might be able to get behind that. As he introduces his guests tonight, you can certainly expect the room to applaud some of his guests uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, That's a bipartisan moment. But you will see Democrats, absolutely, Glenn is right, show uh, their dislike of this administration, show their disgust with some of the language President Trump has used um, by by not applauding, not yeah. standing. And that is, you know, that that's not surprising. And I talked to one congressman yesterday who said, I'm definitely going to this speech because I want to hold him accountable. I want him to see me sitting there mm-hmm. watching, you know, not smiling or giving him applause when I feel like he talks about something that I can get behind. Um, and and so that that can be very revealing. You know, what you kind of don't want to see just as a as a regular person <laughs> is uh, is Republicans like, you know, clapping for everything, even if they don't believe in it or Democrats you know refusing to clap if they if they even if they do believe in it. But but the optics are really important. And you have to remember that any of this can add, end up in like a campaign ad. Sure. Right. So, 
you know, if if the president says something and Democrats are, are on their feet cheering, who knows where that can end up in the future. So I, I would sort of hate to, to be in my own headspace there trying to figure out when to stand up and when to sit down. And yeah, what to right, do. right. Uh, you know, it's also always interesting to see which uh, of the Supreme Court justices decides to show up, uh, and normally they sit there pretty stoically. But we've seen right. in recent years uh, them sort of react a little bit. It's uh, Sam Alito uh, shaking his head a few years ago, I believe, when President Obama was talking about Citizens United. I think that was what That's uh, right. uh, that got him upset. Uh, I I have not read a whole lot about who's expected to be there tonight, but I have heard that Justice Ginsburg will not be there. Uh, and she normally That's correct. Does and um, right. And that that is not atypical. And a lot of times we're watching, you know, as, as they come into the chamber to see who is showing up. Um, and you can't read too much into people like the Supreme Court justices coming or not coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you certainly can read into the House members. And a lot of House members are using this moment to bring a guest of significance, of political significance. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of Democrats bringing dreamers yes. as their guest, um, but but they're not sticking to that. You know, I was I was talking to the team of Senator Kane, of course, former vice presidential candidate, mm-hmm. senator of Virginia, and he's bringing a military spouse because he's one of the issues he's concerned about is military spouses being able to get good jobs and, and get good pay, um, and that that's such a thing we have not been talking about as a country, right? Mm-hmm. So he can use this moment to try to focus on something else that's not just the political hot story of the moment. Sure, sure. Uh, again, thanks very much uh, for the call, Glenn, and the comments. Let's go back to the phones here. Pamela. Pamela in Detroit. Uh, welcome to Detroit Today, Pamela. Hi, thank you. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say that I feel like we're expending a lot of energy about you know what he's going to say when I think it's pretty much been proven that talk is cheap with this president. <laughs> and I think that really our focus as people should be on our own communities and do what we can to make things better because I don't think that I mean it, he's kind of proven that you know he'll say whatever if it's written down whether he writes it or not he doesn't have any qualms about going back and he doesn't feel accountable to the words that he's even spoken in the past huh. so I don't really think it matters I'm not yeah. gonna watch Pamela I, I'm glad you called and 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 said that uh, because I think it get that gets to this question of how frequently the president is communicating with the American people and how frequently he says things that he actually means or says things that he's going to do and then does them. I think this president actually has done himself a disservice uh, by by using social media the way he does, uh, just sort of throwing thoughts out there that either are offensive or not very meaningful. Uh, I think Pamela is an example of uh, how dangerous that is, that, that, that you erode your credibility. And therefore, when you get up in, uh, in the House chamber and give the State of the Union, people are not paying attention. Is the White House aware of that danger? Do they ever talk about uh, the, the fear that his over-communication uh, damages uh, events like this? I think there are some people in the White House staff who sit up at night living in terror of whatever tweet he's going to send out. You know, There are others who love it because it's red meat for the base. It is disruptive. It shakes things up. Um, Republican strategists are getting increasingly concerned about what's going to happen in the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. 
And Pamela brought up a really important word, accountable. Mm -hmm. And I've been wondering that a lot myself. If the president says he's going to do something and there isn't the follow through, not because Congress has blocked him or because the American public has said, I don't know about that, but because he does not use his political capital to make it happen, Mm -hmm. do the American people care? And some of this comes back to where you get your news from, because if you watch Fox News and see, for example, the commentators on there, you would think that the president has achieved all of his goals. So Hmm. they're getting a different stream of information than the rest of America might be getting. And so it may come down to, do you feel like your tax bill is changing, right? Do you feel like your community is safer? Um, What is the mood of the country? And if Pamela is a reflection, she's obviously not impressed by that by that disconnect. Right. Now, some Democrats say, "I'm thrilled that he's not following through because I don't want him to build a wall." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I don't. I don't want him to repeal Obamacare. Like I'm, I look back at the checklist of promises he made last year during his joint address, and the wall was one. Repealing Obamacare was one. Uh, taxes, tax restructuring was one, and he did do that one. Um, but Democrats say, "Hey, the, the more distracted he gets, you know, <laughs> the better that it that, is. that works to our benefit." <laughs> right. Let's um, just but, get but, through but, the But I do election. wonder. Yeah, but I do wonder about the accountability and where and I don't know if we'll know this until 2018 elections, really, Um, how frustrated Americans are by the conversation that happens, the talk that happens being very different than the reality of what's happening in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Again, thanks, Pamela, for the call. Let's go to Gregory in Birmingham. Gregory, welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Good. How is everyone? Good. How are you? Very good. So there's uh, content and character are on my um, list for watching tonight. And in terms of content, I'm wondering how much of his speech will be written by Stephen Miller. <laughs> and in terms of character, I'm going to be watching the reaction of Melania after he introduces her. Huh. Because I think both of those will be interesting probes into what's really going on. Wow. Yeah, Gregory, that's a really interesting uh, mm-hmm. set of items to, to, to keep track of. Thanks very much uh, for, for calling and introducing those. Libby, what's your, what's your sense of uh, how much influence Stephen Miller, for instance, has had over this, uh, over this speech? Yeah, very astute points. We will find out tonight just how influential that language is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that he's involved in the speechwriting process. We do expect this to be more of a bipartisan appeal, um, and we do expect it to be a loftier speech that sets some higher goals. But immigration is a key part of the platform, and uh, you know, once again, the the what happens tomorrow may end up being more important and more influential than what comes out of the speech tonight. Because who has the president's ear? when it comes to who we'll be talking to, who we'll be negotiating with, and what sort of uh, compromises he's willing to make. Um, Because as I mentioned, most Democrats and Republicans that I've checked in with do not think it's time for a huge immigration overhaul. Some of them say, boy, you know, that would be like the moonshot. That would be, if you're a Republican, there are aspects you like, vice versa. But um, there's no way Democrats are going to get on board with limiting family migration. Um, right. in exchange for the dreamers at this point. I mean, who knows what will happen in the coming weeks, but that's just not, it's a, it's a non-starter. Uh, Melania Trump is a fascinating person to watch mm-hmm. tonight. She mm-hmm. has really distanced herself from her husband 
over the past week after these, you know, Wall Street Journal published these allegations that he had an affair shortly after the birth of their child and that there was a, a pay cover up. Uh, it has not seemed to move the needle a lot with the public opinion, which you know, seems a little surprising. <laughs> yeah. But um, Melania Trump, while not speaking publicly, has sent some signals like not going to Davos, going down to Florida on her own. Uh, and we do expect to see her tonight. She is expected to attend. Uh, but I think watching her uh, is is going to be, uh, you know, sort of fascinating because yeah. it, it may reveal something about what's going on um, behind closed doors at the White House. Now, Melania Trump has a very... Uh, strong poker face, right? We don't read a lot of emotion in uh, the way she comports herself and carries herself. So it, it may be hard to sort of to, to suss out, but she will certainly be watched tonight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Libby Casey, on-air reporter and anchor covering politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Detroit Today. Thanks so much. Up next, we're going to talk about what gives a presidential speech staying power. Which ones do we remember? Which ones do we forget? Mark Crewman, professor of history at Wayne State University, is here. Stay with us on Detroit Today. <laughs> 